Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So glad to have you here with us on this Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Dukeman's basketball victory over North Carolina and previewing the ACC tournament this week in Greensboro. The Blue Devils did it. They got that double bye. They will advance all the way to the quarterfinals and play on Thursday. We'll talk about that and more with my good pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert from Ball Durham. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you watch us each and every day on YouTube. Press that subscribe button. We're continuing that race towards 1,000 subscribers, and your support of this program means the absolute world to me. So, without further ado, so beyond excited to bring in my good pal Kevin Connolly here for today's show. And Kevin, what a weekend it was for the Duke men's basketball team. It was something special, I'll tell you. That that game on Saturday night, that was, it feels like you say it every time, that was vintage Duke Carolina, and then so much on the line for both teams. Carolina, basically, their NCAA tournament lives for Duke, a double bye. Um, it, was, it was thrilling. It finally felt uh, like March was here. Yes, March is here, and we've got a really exciting ACC tournament to preview uh, for Duke, but we want to talk a little bit more about that victory against North Carolina. 62-57, the final score in this one. A really close and competitive game uh, all the way throughout. Neither team created much separation whatsoever in this one, and ultimately it's Duke that walks away with the victory. Yeah, I thought Duke was actually in a really bad spot at halftime just because really the final 16 minutes of that first half, it felt like they dominated the game. And you look up and they're only up two at halftime. Now, a lot of that had to do with their really bad start and really inability to do anything offensively in those first four minutes. But it felt like they were playing so well and so much better than Carolina for those final 16 minutes of the first half. And you look up and you're like, oh boy, they're only they're only up two at halftime. This, this might not end very well. Um, but credit to them, even when Carolina made their run and went up by four, uh, midway through that second half, and you said, all right, things might go off the rails here. They got a timely bucket from Mark Mitchell, a timeout, and then they were really off and running ever since, specifically with their defense. Yeah, you could see Duke goes on a 6-0 run the last minute and a half of the game. North Carolina didn't make a shot from the floor in the last four minutes. So the defensive effort from Duke this season has been so incredible. And really, you look at both North Carolina games in both matchups, the defense held the Tar Heels to under 60 points in both meetings. Like, it is crazy that that happened. Typically, you don't see that in these North Carolina and Duke games, and yet the defense came through once again for the Blue Devils. Not even in Duke-North Carolina games, especially in this age of basketball and college basketball, you don't see that, period. So you, you got to yeah. give credit to really this Duke defense. Their offense struggled at times. You have to also have to give credit to the Carolina defense because they – with withheld Duke to, what, 65, under 65 in, in the both games. So both were really um, defensive battles. And, like, the the Duke-Carolina games this year on the men's and the women's side, they haven't been the uh, easiest games to watch in, t- in just in terms of yeah. basketball flow and, and basketball continuity. 
Yeah, you take a look at what Duke was able to do uh, in terms of point production and that sort of thing. Uh, only five points off the bench for Duke. Dariq Whitehead had three in 15 minutes, was in foul trouble with those four fouls. Uh, and then Ryan Young added a bucket as well. Going into the game, if you told me, hey, there's only five points coming off the bench for Duke, I probably would have been really worried. Uh, but look, they win by five. That's the difference right there. So a uh, good way to find a way to win these games, despite the fact that you didn't have much production off the bench. Yeah, and we kind of talked about it after the North Carolina State game too, where they were so bad shooting from three. And I said like, all right, it's a bad thing, but also I think it's a good thing because they're showing you they can win in multiple ways. And you're seeing that here, here in this North Carolina game too. And obviously the bench is a different topic of discussion. It's been trimmed to just three guys coming off the bench in the past couple of weeks. And that has really coincided with that five-game winning streak should be six without – the blown call against Virginia in Charlottesville. But I think for Ryan Young, you only see the two points, but I thought he played really well. You, you do see the minus seven in the plus minus column, but I'm not the biggest um, plus minus guy out there. Um, <laughs> now, obviously you want Derek Lively, who was a plus nine, who was battling foul trouble to be out there a little bit more. But I thought Ryan Young on a couple of post-entry passes to Armando Baycott did a really good job at stepping in front of them and knocking them away and creating turnovers. I know he only gets credited for one steal, but it felt like he did that three or four times. Um, he pulled down a couple of big rebounds with Lively on the bench. And then John Shire gambling right after that under eight uh, media timeout, putting Lively back out there. And he was really out there for the duration because remember they had that long stretch when Baycott went to the bench and there wasn't really a whistle there for three to four minutes. And that gave Duke a little bit more time to get more comfortable, to get Lively more comfortable in the flow of the game without Baycott on the floor, and that really helped Duke uh, get to the finish line on Saturday night. Duke defeats North Carolina by a score of 62-57. to We'll talk a little bit more about that win for the Blue Devils after our first time out here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try Built Bar. This is an absolutely amazing product. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and so much more. Only 130 calories four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can always go and order online at Built.com, but also they're now available to get at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs, and so much more. At Sam's Club, you can get the 13-bar box with our hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. We're talking about this win over North Carolina. Let's talk about the now ACC freshman of the year, Kyle Filipowski, 22 points and 13 rebounds to lead the way for Duke in this one. And his turnaround just in this game was remarkable. I mean, in those opening first four minutes, he was unplayable. I mean, he couldn't do anything right offensively or defensively. And and credit John Shire, he pulled him right away, sat him down, let him breathe. You, you hear a lot of players talk about how um, the, the emotion and the energy gets to you, especially in the pregame of a Duke Carolina game. And within the first four minutes, you're out of breath. You're sucking for win. You're calling for a sub. 
And I think that that looks like it would happen to Kyle Filipowski in those first four minutes on Saturday night. Shire pulled him, sat him down for a couple of minutes. He regained his composure. He regained his confidence, went back out there. And without him, Duke would have been in a world of trouble. Yeah, so glad that he's on our squad for sure. And well, deserving to get that ACC Freshman of the Year honor uh, when Duke needed buckets late. Filipowski was the guy that they turned to. Also, uh, we talk about guard play this time of year, and it's Duke's two lead guards, and Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. Again, nobody really scored a ton because Duke only has 62 total team points in this one. Jeremy Roach, incredibly inefficient, going mm-hmm. four of 16 from the floor, and yet you look at what they were able to do against um, you know, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, and the Duke guards came up, came out on top once again. Well, specifically Jeremy Rose, because he did not play well in this game. But under a minute to go, who do you want the ball in the hands of? And Amazing it's Jeremy Rose. Yeah. And he and he comes off his screen and somehow he literally finds his entire self underneath the basket and just flips it up off the glass. It goes in and it puts Duke up by three. That's what he came back for. That's what he's made for. You saw him make those big plays in the run last year, and he does it again uh, on the road against Carolina. How about those freshmen for Duke, knowing that uh, the environment that they're in, Kevin, right? Knowing how heated this rivalry is. And as the game goes final, it's the freshmen leading the way for Duke, waving farewell to all the fans inside the Dean Dome. That was pretty epic. Yeah, it really was. it. And, and you look at this roster in terms of experience against Carolina last year or even before that, and it's Jeremy Roach. Because even the quote-unquote older guys, Ryan Young, Jacob Grandison, They've never been in that situation before either. So that's what makes the victory that much more impressive is that nobody aside from Roach has been there or done that before in the Dean Dome. Um, And and this team, they were ready for the moment. They were ready for when they didn't play well in the beginning. They were ready for when Carolina went on, I think it was like that 9-0 run to go up by four with eight minutes to go. They were ready for it all. They had answers for it all. And it's tough not to get excited about how this team is trending and how this team is playing entering the ACC tournament. Yeah, three-point shooting, I think, is going to be something that we're going to continue to wonder. Uh, I think if Duke has off nights shooting the basketball, that could spell danger and problems for them. Uh, And yet we've seen over the last week in the NC State game, Duke did not shoot the three ball very well at all against the Tar Heels. They only go four of 13. So really not that many attempts from three-point range in that matchup for Duke, but still the percentage wasn't that great. Uh, We know that North Carolina is undefeated so far this season when they shoot greater than 35% from the three-point line. They were nowhere near that mark. Duke did a great job uh, contesting shots on the outside. So in many ways, if Duke's not making three-point shots, they need to continue to do a really good job defending the arc. Absolutely, And, and offensively, I think you're seeing the maturity of Duke because I feel like in past years, teams, if they're not shooting well from three, they're just going to keep trying, trying, trying until something finally goes in. This team's not really like that. This team does have the athletes inside, like Lively and Filipowski, who can score in the paint. Um, they have the we saw the ability of Jeremy Roach to create off the dribble and drive. Obviously, Tyrese Proctor has that as well, as does Mark Mitchell, who I wrote last week. He's the X factor. For this team, because he scored in double figures again against Carolina. I think that makes Duke 13 and 0 when he scores double figures in a game this year. So they have the players on the inside to score uh, when needed. And that's what they have to do. And that's what a mature team does in March. When your shots aren't falling from the outside, you go inside and you get to the foul line. And that's how you score. 
I got to say, the Duke men's basketball team, they've now won six in a row heading into the ACC tournament this week in Greensboro. They're playing their best basketball of the entire season. And, Kevin, I'll say it, this Duke team's dangerous. Like, they're starting mm-hmm. to figure things out. They are finally, finally back inside uh, the AP Top 25 poll. They're number 21 this week, which they've needed to be back in there for quite some time. So good to see them back in the Top 25 and good to see Duke playing their best brand of basketball at the right time of year because I really, really do think this team is dangerous. Yeah, you, you people have said in past years you don't want to play Duke for different reasons <laughs> because they've been the number one seed. They've right. been the dominant team in college basketball, and that's why you didn't want to play Duke. But this year – Duke, they might be underseeded pending what they do in Greensboro this week. And nobody, nobody wants to play this Duke team, whether it be in the ACC or they want to see them in their region in the NCAA tournament. Nobody wants to play with Blue Devils right now. I'm ready to see Duke make some noise in the ACC tournament this week and also uh, come NCAA tournament time. We'll get to the ACC tournament here in just a few moments. But now that the regular season has come to a close, Duke finishes 23-8 and eight in the regular season. How would you assess John Shire's job and, and performance in year one on the job? I wouldn't say overwhelming success yet, just because if you want to be successful as the head coach of Duke basketball, you need postseason success. But I think for the regular season, if we're giving it in terms of um, like, a, like a high school grading grading scale, I would grade it anywhere – uh, I would probably give it a B plus right now. Uh, now I know obviously they dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of inconsistencies with the lineup this year. Um, but I think a solid B plus for Shire, um, most wins ever as a Duke head coach. And you kind of expected that coming in just because, um, well, when they had first year head coaches in the past, they didn't play as many games as they do now. So I think that's a, uh, a good reason why he has that. And you look at their, a, a catastrophic blown call away, um, from being the co-regular season champions with Virginia and Miami. And if they get that win, they would have beat Virginia in their only matchup of the season and split with Miami with the one loss coming in embarrassing fashion, but 48 hours, yeah. 36 hours after beating Carolina at home. So I think it, it, it's successful right now on a grading scale. I give it a very solid B+, plus, which can jump to an A or an A+, plus, pending how this postseason goes. I always mention our friends over at the Devil's Den podcast. They extended an invite to me to be on the program, and I was asked that question, and I went in that B-plus range because Mm -hmm. I think it's totally fair to credit what he was able to do in year one. you got to give this guy credit for putting together the number one recruiting class before ever coaching a single game of basketball. Those freshmen delivering, you can't hold the injuries against him. We all wish that the injury situation was a little bit better the season for Duke. But yeah, great job by Shire with what he was able to do. Well, yeah. And, and you look at talking about the injuries, I think I don't have the exact record in front of me, but I think with a full complete roster at his fingertips, I think they've only lost one game. And I think that was um, the North Carolina state game might've been the Miami game. I'm not yeah. too sure about that, but they only lost one or two games this year with a full roster at Shire's availability. So that's, that gives you certainly um, great vibes going into the postseason. Let's go ahead and we'll take our final time out here on the program today. And then when we come back, we've got a little ACC tournament action to talk about with my good pal Kevin Connolly when Lockdown Blue Devils continues in a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our very good friends at FanDuel. There is no greater sports betting partner 
than our friends at FanDuel. And now is the perfect time to hop on. They've got the no sweat first bet for new customers up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots drained, and so much more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Final few moments here of today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me a little bit about BallDurham.com, Kevin. Well, we're rolling over at Ball Durham here in the postseason. Um, ACC tournament, NCAA tournament, um, postseason honors, postseason snubs, um, opinion pieces. We got it all. We got you wall-to-wall covered for Duke men's basketball and Duke women's basketball uh, postseason runs here. In the next few weeks. Be sure to check all of that out. Again, balldurham.com, ball underscore Durham on Twitter. Kevin Connolly is one of my absolute favorites to be on the program here week in and week out. So here we go. We're going to Greensboro, Kevin. We're playing in the ACC tournament. Duke officially secures that double bye. They will not play until Thursday in the quarterfinals. That means you win three games and you're ACC champs. Last year, if you recall, Duke was in a similar position, did not have to play until the quarterfinals, and all of a sudden Duke went to the ACC championship game and fell a few points shy of winning it. Virginia Tech was the ACC tournament champions. Looking at the bracket this year, what jumps out to you? I think this team is the favorite. I know um, you look at a lot of the sports books. You just did your ad um, for FanDuel, us at FanSided. Um, we use WinBet, and really, you look everywhere else: DraftKings, Barstool. I'm not trying to get you in trouble by naming all these, <laughs> by naming all these, uh, all, all these sports books, but everyone has Duke as the favorite, and I, I have to agree with them just because the way they're playing now. In terms of the odds, they might try to suck you in because it's the big name Duke, and they're the four seed and whatnot. Um, but first thing that that jumps out to me um, is potentially Pittsburgh in that quarterfinals and playing Jeff Capel, the ACC Coach of the Year. Um, he had Duke on the ropes uh, in early January in Cameron. I think Pitt was up 11 at halftime and extended that lead to maybe 12 or 13 early in the second half before Duke went on one of those crazy uh, iconic Cameron runs um, to, to take the lead and eventually go on to win the game. So a rematch with Pitt, who's who's they're a gritty team, man. They're a real gritty team. They're not going to back down to anybody, no matter how much they're up or down in a game. They're never going to quit. Um, I think that's obviously the first thing that stands out to me. And then obviously a potential rubber match with Miami in the semifinals. Um, certainly you would, you would think Duke would want to get that awful taste out of their mouth after what Miami did to them in Coral, Coral Gables um, 36 hours after that Carolina game. It's going to be tough no matter how you look at it. I mean, it's tough to win this time of year. You've got to be playing your best basketball, which Duke certainly is. Shots have to be falling from the outside. Uh, foul trouble has to go in your favor. Of course, we want to make sure uh, injuries are not in play for any of these teams. You never want that to be a part of the equation. But really, really excited to see what Duke's going to be able to do in Greensboro this week. And for uh, Duke fans, um, they play at 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. So uh, not those late 9.30 games that may be problematic for some if you're stuck in a 9-to-5 job and can't quite 
get away for to get in front of a television set. But we won't have super, super late Duke basketball this week uh, well, based on how this bracket shaped up for Duke, Kevin. Well, that's always a good thing for us, I guess. <laughs> it gives us a little more time to recap and reset right. and, and rest going into the next day. One thing I'll add, and it doesn't really have to do with Duke yet. Um, obviously, I, Duke fans are, are interested about the, the NCAA tournament hopes of North Carolina. Yeah, and, and you see them there as the seven seed waiting um, the winner of Boston College in Louisville. You would assume Carolina wins that game, and then Virginia is waiting for them in the quarterfinals. I, I think a second-round victory for Carolina against either Boston College or Louisville is a foregone conclusion. And, again, people talk about resumes, but you can't deny the name brand on the front of the jersey. If Carolina makes it to the ACC championship and loses to an either Duke or Miami – I'd be stunned if they didn't get in. If they pick up a victory over Virginia and then either Clemson or North Carolina State in the semifinals, I'd be really surprised if Carolina doesn't get in. But if they don't beat Virginia in that quarterfinal, they're, they're NIT bound, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I'm certainly in agreement. And if they were to slip up against either Boston College or Louisville, they're um, pretty much dead on the spot. They, they will not be playing uh, in March Madness. So uh, you don't mind seeing that. John Shire, again, as I said in the open, does not like the North Carolina Tar Heels. We recall his epic moments, uh, his senior season there in 2010, and then uh, going 2-0 against the Heels in his first season as head coach. Pretty awesome to see. Kevin, the time is always greatly appreciated. Thanks once again for coming on the podcast today. Can't wait for next week, JJ. That's my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. As always, go check out his work. Be sure to follow our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We're back at it tomorrow as we'll continue to get you set for the ACC tournament play of our Duke Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.